I'm Jen Gorecki, the CEO and co-founder of Coalition Snow. On any given day, you might find me on the back of a motorcycle in Africa, chipping away at the patriarchy, or playing in the mountains. I'm Jillian Raymond, the co-creator of Juicy Bits and a Coalition Snow ambassador. I'm a high school teacher, and when I'm not in the classroom, you can find me on the mat, on the trail, or skiing 12 months a year around the world. What we've learned over the years is that despite how good that epic powder day or trail ride is, there's still so much more to talk about. So what we're doing is taking those conversations that we start on the chairlift and the trail, and we're delivering them to you in juicy bits every few weeks. As modern outdoor women, we do more than get dirty outside. We are complex, adventurous, and intellectual. And so are you. So subscribe today. Check out our campaign on Patreon and get ready to blush, cry, and maybe pee your pants a little. Juicy Bits is brought to you by Coalition Snow, a women's outdoor company making equipment and apparel designed to deconstruct the status quo. FYI, friends, this podcast contains mature content and may not be appropriate for younger ears. You've been warned and enjoy the show. Jillian, you had this idea for an episode that dissected the different types of men when it comes to gender equality. We've got the asshole misogynist, the clueless and or privileged guy, and the ally. How'd you come up with this? Just recently, honestly, probably in the last four days, there's been a myriad of experiences that have happened, and I was reflecting on it, thinking I've interacted with the asshole misogynist, the privileged guy, and the ally in the last few days. Like, how often am I doing this? How often are we navigating different spaces where we're confronted with these different types of males and their behavior? And I actually think that some of them could almost be fluid because we can see sort of a spectrum of them. But when I was thinking about it and thinking about our opportunity here on Juicy Bits to talk about it, I narrowed it to those three, and I had really specific examples of personal experiences I'd been in. So I thought if I had, that means other women have also. So how do we help them unpack these identities, if the you bullshit. will? Yeah, fair enough. And then also, you know, especially when we get to the allies or the privileged guy, how we're helping them move to a greater place of understanding and, and that paradigm shift, which is kind of what we're always aiming to get to in our episodes and in our dialogue. One thing that Jillian and I were talking about in preparing for this episode is that there's... We want to be productive. We're, we're reaching a certain point now where we can continue to just be angry or we can actually find ways to be productive and move things forward. And so if we don't start understanding that men fall on this spectrum and that you, you can't be put either into the like predator asshole bucket or the ally that like, as Jillian said, it could be fluid and, and men as humans who make mistakes could go up and down that that scale. But if we don't understand how to help them move, we're missing a huge opportunity to actually create the change that we want to see. And so one of our goals with this podcast is actually be able to talk about ways that we think you can work with these three different types of men. So Jillian, let's start with the asshole misogynist. How do you identify this guy? I think on a simple level, 
this asshole knows his privilege and wields it. And so, again, that's kind of oversimplified, but I think identifying it is it's maybe the the predator, the person you might feel afraid of, the person who's not afraid to use their power in a way to have other people feel afraid. I'm thinking, you know, recently names that have come out are Harvey Weinstein's, are Roy Moore's, are Donald Trump's. They're the type that will defend their actions in in one breath, but they actually really don't give a fuck and they think what they're doing is right and okay. And it elevates them, therefore oppressing others. And we can't forget that women can also be misogynists. So please don't forget, you know, it's white women that that elected Trump and tried to elect more, you know, until thankfully black women stepped in and saved us. So thank you for that. So if we can identify him, that's that's one part. But then, Jen, I think the next piece is, you know, how do we deal with this guy? I would say that I'm probably like most aggressive about this human being because I personally feel like this isn't the person who can be made aware. This isn't the person who just needs to have things explained to them and then they'll have this aha moment and change because this person just doesn't give a fuck. Like this is like there, there's a major um, disconnect in values with this person. Um, they might, you know, when, when we use the word misogynist, we're serious that they they actually hate women. They, they don't care for women at all. And for me personally, this isn't the person that you reason with. This isn't somebody that you try to like, br- you know, reach your hand out and, and try to bring them. Sometimes these people just need to be told to shut the fuck up. And and I like to think of this cone of shame. Like these are the human beings who should have to wear a cone of shame and they should be stripped of their power in a public forum. Like these aren't the people who should necessarily get a second chance. And it's funny we were when Jillian and I were going through of like, well, what's our experience with this person? I can think back to just a few months ago when I was parking my car on the street in Reno, and I had this young man, probably, I don't know, 18, 19, come up to me, ask me for directions somewhere. I gave him directions. Then he asked if he could talk to me more, and I told him that I was on my way to a meeting, which was true, and also, why do I need to talk to this young man more on the side of the street? And then he begged me to help him. He said that he was lost and he really needed help. And could I just come over and look at his phone to help give him directions? And so, of course, you're going to say yes to that, right? So I walk over to this kid and he shows me his phone and there is nasty porn on it. Like nasty, nasty porn. So that kid's a fucking predator, you know, to, to think that that's something that you can do. So what I did is I got into my car immediately And I locked the doors and I drove away because at that point I was actually afraid. Like if somebody's willing to do this to me on the street in broad daylight, what's the next thing that they're going to do? So I drove away, but then I quickly circled back around, rolled down my window and started taking photos of him. And then I posted those photos on Facebook and actually said, like, if you see this person, this is what happened and really encouraged other women to file reports if this was happening in our our community. I filed a police report. So for me, this person, like, I didn't feel the need to find this young man and say, can we talk about your behavior, please? I really think that if you just knew how women felt that maybe you wouldn't do it. Like, this is a scary human being. This is a a predator and they need to be shut down. Um, And I'm sure other people have had experiences like this. And we're not against porn. Um, and we can we can address that at another episode. But I think you framed it well in terms of it 
middle of the day, you're on your way to a meeting, and there's this- He lured me. Yeah. And lied to me and lured me in. Absolutely. Shut that shit down. Absolutely. We are shutting those fucking men down. Go back underneath the rock that you came from, and the rest of the world is going to move on, and we're done with you. Just like white supremacists. I don't need to understand you, because I'm pretty sure that I figured out that white supremacy is just wrong. That's the predator- um, I don't know. We could go on and on about this guy, but we all know him, and I think it's it's pretty clear. But the next type of man, I think, is actually a little bit more difficult because <laughs> I feel like this is the type of guy that that we interact with, we being like women and humans, interact with all the time. And very, very aware men can actually occasionally fall into this category. And that's what makes this next type of man complicated and also like a very sensitive topic. So we also have the clueless or the privileged guy. So Jillian, who's who's this guy? So this male does not realize that they have privilege. They are probably one of the first to defend you know, that they love women, they think women are great, um, that they love their sister and they love their mom. And that's wonderful, really wonderful to share those. But, you know, this can kind of manifest in a lot of different ways. So not realizing you have privilege would maybe have you not think about your gender when you wake up. So, for example, you know, waking up in a fe- in female skin, female body, you might think about, you know, how you're getting dressed, how, what you're doing for that day, how your interactions are going to frame what you say, or maybe, you know, what time you're getting home that evening, what materials you need for your outing. I don't know. I grew up being taught to carry my keys in between my fingers in a parking lot to protect myself against someone that might assault me. Or taught that, you know, when I said goodnight to my girlfriends at the end of a party, that we would all call each other to make sure we got home okay. And I think some of those pieces are not things that that privileged men think about. And that's really what privilege is, is not having to think about that. So, you know, a, a comment that came up recently that relates to me for this privileged, clueless guy would be, I don't understand why women want women-only events or need you know, things that are specifically female, you know, they might tell that questionable joke and think it's funny and not really get why it might be offensive. And uh, one I heard really recently that kind of, uh, God, we both laughed a little about this, about how hard it is to be, you know, a white male right now. And I was, let's just get on the record. I was on a Tinder date recently where a white man actually said that to my face how difficult it is to be a white man to get a job and I said to him you mean it's just difficult to get a job right and he said no it's just really hard to be a white man and I said I'm going to give you one more chance I'm going to give you another chance to reframe that question and he wasn't able to do it and then I said you're aware of what's happening in the world right now with like all the me too stories and you know that our president talks about grabbing women by the pussies like you're you you're able to reframe the statement to me right and then he said well I just you know sometimes women don't tell the truth so that resulted in me immediately standing up and walking out of the bar I think he thought I was going to the bathroom <laughs> like I don't think he expected that I was literally walking out and leaving and going home but I left and then um the next morning he jokingly said uh so no second date huh and here's the thing that I want to say about this this guy. I said what I needed to say to his face, and I made my point. But he's also not 
a predator or didn't present himself as being a, a predator. So I felt no need in tracking him down, finding out where he worked, trying to destroy his career or put it on social media and publicly shame him. I really wanted to give this young man the benefit of the doubt that he was just dumb as fuck and not actually a bad person. And I think this is one of the really important things to note around working with this type of guy is that this is the type of person that you really should have empathy for and you really should be trying to to not understand where they're coming from, but help them understand where they're coming from. And you should absolutely speak your truth and be bold. And, you know, I didn't hold back in anything that I said. And then when I realized that he was just an idiot, I got up and walked away. But I think that we are running the risk of of taking this guy, this this type of, of man, and accidentally or, you know, maybe purposefully, I don't know, putting him into the predator profile, which actually is unfair and unproductive because this is this is the guy that you could educate and help bring them over to being an ally i think you said it well you know when you have that that really that deer in headlights sort of stunned moment where you think to yourself is this guy dumb as fuck he probably is so that's like that little in the back pocket you may maybe you're gonna say it out loud but, you know, they actually have to behave and be conscious of what they might do and say. Like, what a concept, right? Even just on a human level, that we would treat each other with that level of compassion. So, again, not a predator. Our clueless and privileged guy just literally doesn't get it. And part of it, again, I like how you were, you know, they can kind of be those those teachers of dialogue and productivity because the world has validated their existence since birth. And yeah. so they're unlearning practices that have been socially constructed around them. And that I think very compassionate, very educated, very loving men would love to be like seen from that other side and move past the I love my sisters, I love my daughters, it was just a joke, or why are you getting so upset? And it's like, mm, this isn't really so much about feelings, this is about access and issues of power and safety. And so that would be really cool to have that clarity in the understanding. Yeah, and I think this is the place where, like for, for me with this um, with this date, it, like I didn't feel like I needed to take this one on and like have another project. Like I didn't need another thing to work on. So I just said what I needed to say and, and moved on. But like if you know this man or this type of man really well, um, like these are your friends and these are your coworkers and these might be people in your family and it's absolutely worth the time to try to talk to them. And, and Jillian, you just, um, you watched the pocket size feminism, um, on Netflix and you picked up some good tools on how to work with this type of guy. So what did, what did you learn? So a couple of things I mentioned already, which kind of related to how, um, females might be raised or advice they might be given and this I thought was really interesting because some of it came from my own father my own brother and they they touch on this in pocket-sized feminism is our our fathers and our brothers might be guiding us to protect ourselves against these predator practices such as the example I gave of walking with my keys through my fingers which I actually still do out of you know habit watching my drink in a bar, never taking something from someone that I didn't know. And girls are sort of raised to do that. Well, I don't think that males are. And we just kind of have internalized it. We think it's natural. We don't question how fucked up it is. And then I think the interesting part is we're the ones noticing it. So how can we help those male, well, we're merging towards allies, but kind of our clueless and our privileged males notice those things as well. 
because I think there are things that are really relatable. And then we have this opportunity to be productive in our conversations. And this was a big takeaway for me. And I think you spoke to this already. And this is something we do really want to stress. Um, I think back to Cheryl's early comment to us of, you know, let's try to move forward regardless of what sits, what junk sits between our legs yes. is again, it's about the productive dialogue and it's about that that self-reflection and about that ability moving forward. And I think there's a lot of complexity with the privileged and the clueless guy. And what we want to do is not have them move to the defensive. I'm going to be more of the asshole misogynist because this is pissing me off. I want to move towards the aware ally and to the male ally, which we're going to touch on next. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like with this guy, you have to say things like, so have you ever thought about that when you say something like this, then the end result is this, you know, or when you say this, it makes other people feel like this, or women have always had to do this, and you may not have ever had to think about it. And this type of person really needs the conversation. And you may not want to have the conversation with every single one of these people. Like I said, we all have this, you know, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. So you can only take on so many projects. But this isn't this isn't the guy that needs to be demonized or necessarily told to shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. This person doesn't need to lose their job. This person doesn't need to be publicly shamed. But they absolutely need to be made aware of how their privilege allows them to perceive the world in a way that women and, you know, if, if we got deeper into this, like people of color, LGBTQ+, like they have to see the world. And it's interesting um, because for the first time you're actually seeing men say like oh I have to think about what I say I have to think about what I do yep welcome to being a fucking woman welcome being anyone who's not a white man yes every single fucking day you think about what you look like and how you present yourself and what people think about you and you know are you going to say x y or z and it's not that you're always like super like overwhelmed with it, that it stops you and doesn't allow you to be yourself. But you definitely know that at some level people are going to think a certain thing about you because you're a woman or because you might dress this way. And men are having to face those same things. And I think that the more that men are given the opportunity to be in a reflective position and, and really think about where they're at and how they interact with people and like what's the context that surrounds their interactions with others and their privilege, we can actually help move this human into being an ally. And I like to say that the ally is like almost like mystical and unicorn-like. But I'm going to like actually pass this on to Jillian because in case any of you don't know, she's kind of married. To, no, she is married. She's married to one of these mystical unicorn-like men. And I know this because I have spent... Um, many an hour with this man talking about all sorts of feminist things, like really going deep. And so, Jillian, who is the unicorn-like ally? Tell us about, about this guy. Um, well, when you get the opportunity to interact with him, you would definitely make your day in a way that you are in the presence of and actively witnessing someone that will work to end oppression Based on gender, they are the person who will walk away from offensive behavior or offensive jokes and then make the point of addressing that with that human later. I would definitely say they might fuck up. You know, again, you're going back to we're human, but they would admit it and they apologize on their own. And you'll never get a thanks for letting me know how you felt. I'll consider it. 
response from them. It would be put. That's a little shout out to our best friends at Unofficial. You'll have to um, maybe we'll do a podcast about that, but you can you can read about that entire story um, on the Lady Parts Unite website. So. Yes, please continue. You know, I think they observe and kind of navigate and walk through and things go kind of from the head to the heart and they recognize the voice and the intelligence in their female friends. And how you do that for those emerging mystical unicorns out there of our male allies is when you're looking to do anything, right? Put together an event. Um, I think of our events in, in Tahoe, like you're putting together a slideshow, you're putting together a speaker series, you're putting together an avalanche clinic, you're putting together a ski day, are you recognizing and filling it with voices of the strong and intelligent women in your life? Are you recognizing that? I also think a way is like asking women for help and advice. And I think on a human level, asking for help and advice is a you know, just a fabulous transition and a paradigm shift. We could see that it's wonderful to accept help and to ask for it when you need it. But I really think male allies, that's a big part when they look to their female friends, their family members, and ask them for help and then take their advice, right? And and see that there's also ways they can interact that could be gender neutral, yeah. which is interesting because that's not the same thing as saying gender is not important. So I just want to be really clear there. Gender, like interacting in a gender neutral way is not the same as saying like, I don't see gender. Gender's or like, invisible. Yeah. It's not. The thing with the ally is that we have to remember that the male ally will make mistakes and the male ally will do things that make us really unhappy. But what makes this person an ally is that they take ownership and responsibility for it and they apologize. They do not justify their behavior. They just say it was wrong. And then they offer up a plan of how they're going to remedy it. And, and this person, you know, just sort of like the privileged clueless guy I think we have to be really careful about how we choose to work with this person because you could easily take an outstanding human being who says one thing off the cuff or says something that in one group of people doesn't offend them at all, but then is with people he doesn't know as well and says it. And it doesn't, once again, does not justify it. Every single human being has the right to feel however they want to feel about a situation. And you should always you should always believe that you should have a voice and you and, and you deserve to be able to interact with people on your own terms. But this is the person that you could go to and say, you know, you said this thing or you did this thing and it offended me for these reasons. And the male ally will immediately recognize that they fucked up and they'll apologize. Ladies, if we cannot figure out how to allow men to make mistakes and create a space for them to be vulnerable enough where they can admit to that and resolve the issue, we're fucked. Because what we want, what we've always wanted is for men to get it and for men to value and respect us. And if we don't allow anybody to make mistakes, what you're going to find is that nobody's going to take a risk and nobody's going to actually try to step up to the plate to support us. And we're at a time now where the pendulum could swing back so hard on us if we demonize and shut down every single fucking guy who makes a mistake. Do you really think that we're going to have this power for much longer? Absolutely not. And 
for me as a feminist, I've always I've always argued that being a feminist doesn't mean that you have more power over men. It means that we're just all humans. And and to reinforce what Jillian says, it doesn't mean that you erase gender or that that you don't acknowledge that it exists is that you just you interact in the world with other people as if we're all equal. And so if women have an opportunity right now where we can either choose to be compassionate and be responsible or we can just say fuck it we're going to take down every single like guy that comes our our way i don't for as outspoken as i am about the patriarchy and the systems that oppress women i think we need to be really careful on how far we're willing to take something because every human being deserves to at least have a conversation where they're able to explain themselves. And if you bring something to a man and he's a dick about it, well then yeah, now you're on fucking blast. But let people be heard just the same way that you want to be heard. Let men be heard and try to understand, are they really misogynists or did they just fuck up? Mm -hmm. It's moving towards a paradigm shift and a change. I just have a small example, but it really fits with almost this spectrum support shift, if you will. You might remember, Jen, we put up a video when we released a line of leggings and T-shirts for Coalition. And it was a crew of us jumping up and down. And um, we were out on the west shore of Tahoe. And a friend posted a comment on my Facebook page of, well, this is great, but it'd be way cooler if you had lifted up your shirts. Oh, I miss this. Um, Yeah. Uh. And so I privately or I I sent them a message and I... um, I said, hey, that comment is really offensive, and I'd really like for you to take it down. And he wrote back, I'm really sorry. Why are you offended? And I think he literally was like, what? I was just joking around. And I took the time to explain why it was offensive that we were promoting a new line of T-shirts and leggings for a women's ski company, and it was not a place for us to be taking our clothes off. And that's not the kind of rhetoric I want on my Facebook page. And it's also not something that you should promote or expect from women to do for you all the time. And we kind of had a little back and forth. And I didn't hear from him. It was like crickets. And it took a couple of days and he wrote back super apologetic and was like, I kind of had to digest what you told me. And I really thought about my comment. And he took it down in the meantime. And since then, he's actually reached out. So when we talk about that ally to kind of get my thoughts on things um you know he's raising daughters and it's been just that eye-opening experience again not writing him off as being like oh you're a dick i'm gonna unfriend you never talk to you i was like all right this is a person i know who i think is really nice he thinks he's being funny but it's not it's not and it's just kind of that opportunity and i think that's something i'm seeing on social media now and i and i want there to be this shift towards the opportunity and towards the productive spaces because the banter back and forth that isn't productive, I don't think helps us move towards that change and that paradigm shift and moves men towards the ally end of the spectrum as opposed to keeping them in the clueless, privileged space. Yeah. And for as many times that I've put men and institutions on blast, I've had a million more private conversations with people that no one knows about that have ended up in what I would call like an excellent resolution. And when people are put on blast or when I bring it to a public forum, it's because this person or this institution has not responded to my concerns with respect or validation. And then that's when you start understanding like, well, me, like myself personally, what are the tools that I possess and what is the power that I have to resolve this situation? And I'm not afraid to use that. But I don't I don't go level 10 
every single time. Like level 10 happens actually very infrequently and I more exist in like level one, I'd say one to four, an occasional five, Mm. an occasional five, but a one to four, but it's all private and I don't bring it anywhere else. And I hope that we could all have some sort of restraint and just the courage and the power to know that those one-on-one conversations are incredibly powerful. But this, I think this brings us to a really important part of the conversation too, is that we can't confuse an ally for a bystander. So Julian and I were kind of going through this the other night and we're like, all right, if you say you're an ally, but you never take a public stand for women um, in defense of women, in opposition of misogyny, you're not an ally. You actually have to be willing to go to bat for women and publicly or else you're a bystander, which I guess is sort of a fourth category. We said we had, there were like three archetypes of, of men, but the, the bystander is, you know, is wearing like the mask of an ally, right? Like is dressed up like one, but then you take it off and he's a by bystander. Yeah, he's not clueless, but he's privileged because it doesn't affect him. And I think the the bystander, it's not inf- it's not infused fully, right? So you can't be like I'm an ally, I'm a feminist and then you expect your wife to take care of everything that stereotypically, you know, the wife's air quotes there. Sorry, you can't see them even though when there's You all know the air quote, the what, the woman's air quote woman's role yeah and i think you know it it's it's shown in your thoughts your words and your actions again going back to that we're all human we make mistakes but i think the bystander is the one who just again is really kind of like riding the privilege not so much the misogyny he's not a dick he's not you know maybe using it like using it purposely but he's just like in that space of it he definitely can't use and this something jen you brought this up i feel like it was in where was where was this? So was it in the Huffington Post or in the New York Times? There was there was recently an article that that ta- that spoke about if your reason for wanting to defend women is because of your wife or your daughter or your sister, you're still not fucking getting it. How about violence against women, sexual assault, sexual harassment. How about all those things are just wrong? You shouldn't have a problem with them because there's a woman in your life. You should just have a problem with those things. And so many times we hear very well-intentioned men use this rhetoric around we should care because we all have women in, in our lives. You have a wife, you have a sister. You have... Okay, yes, yes, thank you. And shouldn't you just acknowledge that this behavior is wrong regardless of whether or not you have women in your lives? Like it's almost it's almost not helpful. Like the only reason why you would care is because of a woman, someone else, not because of what you truly believe of how the world should be just and right. And I think that goes along with sort of our clueless privileged guy. They're trying to be relatable. They're trying to show that they care. You know, I love women. Women are wonderful. But again, it's coming back to that, the basic value, the basic human right to exist in this world where you navigate it in a safe way. And I think that's something that males are afforded based on their privilege and that women deserve, that all humans deserve. And so I think... That's a piece that we want to see go away because it doesn't 
it doesn't move us forward. It's not productive. Well, and men don't have to take ownership over it. Now, now do they? Because now it's no longer about how they feel. It's because they're doing it on behalf of women. Some like, like being like all chivalrous and shit. Like, you know, come on now. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just wrong. But I digress. And we should for a moment talk about how do we make more of the allies? Because we, we really want to talk about like how we can support men in this way and for me personally when I come across an ally I engage with them at a high level like I will go to them and ask them advice I will seek their counsel I will listen to them and if they say something dumb I'm once again I might like call them out on it but I don't rake them over the coals and a lot of people would expect you know, once again, given how outspoken I am about this, that like I wouldn't tolerate shit from anyone or maybe I don't have like men in my life who advise me or who I look up to. And that's absolutely wrong. I found that one of the most powerful ways to cultivate male allies is to actually have them understand how important they are to me. And that reinforces what it is that they're doing and saying. And Whenever you have an opportunity to publicly acknowledge these men, we absolutely should. But really thinking about those one-on-one interactions that you have with these individuals so that they know how much you value their contribution to your life and to this world. And I think a way to also help create more allies is, well, we've given a few examples, but I think the productive conversations, I think the dialogue, I think you really nailed it to just to include them, engage with them, um, the public acknowledgement. I also think, and Jen, I don't know, maybe you'll disagree with me on this. There's been a few kind of clueless, privileged that weren't quite the asshole misogynist, but I was like, I don't know if I have enough gears in my life to move them to the ally and so they might be people that I choose to no longer spend time with and I think that's okay too so if you're that listener or that you know that male ally out there that you've come across juicy bits and you're like wow I wonder why so-and-so has never wanted to hang out with me again or called me back and sometimes we just can't give energy to people that aren't giving kind of energy back that we want and so there has been that move before where I think it's just a really you know, nonviolent, resistant way to let people know that the way they walk through this world does not align with you. And so I, where I would much rather be on the offensive and engage with and sort of like cultivate that movement forward with the right humans, sometimes it's just like you are, you are cut out. I do not have enough breaths in the day to explain to you why what you just said was so ridiculous. I totally agree. Yeah. Especially if you're never going to get that time back ever, Yeah, ever. And we could we could talk about this at nauseum, right? And, and I think that this will be, for all of our listeners, this will be a topic that will come up over and over again. Obviously, if, if you've been listening to us, you're, you're sort of getting um, a theme here. And and what encouraged Jillian and I to, to bring this to the podcast today are all of the conversations and interactions that we've been having with men across this spectrum. And we've seen some really nasty men fall, which has been amazing. We've also seen some really incredible men get taken down as well, which has been heartbreaking. And it's important for us to understand, you know, as we always discuss, the world is not black and white and we don't live in this binary right and wrong. And we need to figure out ways where we can have more productive conversations and still hold our own and speak our truth 
and live our values and know our our value in this world. You can do all of that while also figuring out how to engage with men who maybe just don't get it or who made a mistake. And so we just really want to sort of put out the voice of reason here of how exciting it kind of is right now to see things shift. Let's be careful with the power that we have and wield it in an appropriate way and know that that power that we have, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. We need to be really empathetic when we choose to wield it. And we took the time uh, with you on this episode to dissect the male archetype and we touched on three. We kind of wandered into a fourth there and we'd love to hear if you have our five, six, or seven version of it. And um, when you write into Juicy Bits, we'd love to promote what you love and also what you hate about the show on the air and then learn from our listeners and move forward. So thanks for tuning in. So we have received feedback from you that the sound on Juicy Bits hasn't been ideal. We are aware of that. We are podcast beginners. We are learning this. And so today we are actually recording from the Reno Collective. And it's important to note that we're sitting in a room that I'm pretty sure Dr. Dre and Eminem were in, and I'm not making this up. So Jillian and I have been channeling Dre and Eminem, which might seem like, how can you do that when you're talking about feminism? But that also is a whole nother podcast that we can talk about because women have been talking about this. Um, But thank you to the Reno Collective for allowing us to use your podcast room. And what we hope is that all of you who are listening can hear a difference in the quality in our sound. And we're going to continue to try to make Juicy Bits better and better every week. And so please do send in your comments. Also, we're really pumped to let you know that we've launched a Patreon campaign. You might be wondering, what is Patreon? It's like Kickstarter, but without the pressure uh, without the timeline and the and this, like, you have to raise a certain amount of money. And so our Patreon campaign is actually a way for all of you who want to be a part of our community. You can join in, and for as little as a dollar, one dollar a month, you will get exclusive access to Jillian and myself, which we think is – we enjoy the exclusive access that we have with each other. Like, right now, you have no idea what's happening right now in this room. But check out our campaign and tell us what you think. Uh, We want to hear your stories. We want to hear about um, all these interactions that you have with the male archetypes. And we will chat with you in a couple weeks. And remember, there are two lips to every labia.